You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. I hate the Oklahoma Sooners, Madison. How you doing? I'm sorry, Brady. I know this was rough for you, but I'm doing doing okay. I mean, I didn't have any ties to tonight, so I'm sorry. I don't know. (laughs) You were cheering the whole time in the media room. That's a full statement. You know you were. I wasn't. I kept quiet because I knew that you guys were very invested in this game, so I didn't want to, like, ruin anything, so I just stayed to myself. Yeah, well, no one gives a damn about the Oklahoma Sooners. Not even me. Not even me after that atrocious. I They won by one point. It's not good enough. Anyway, the Thunder, however, got back to their winning ways, Madison Morris. I am Brady Trantham, and you are listening to the OKC82 podcast, and we are not in studio, but we're just somewhere in Oklahoma City. And... Uh, we're having a good time, let's just say. But the Thunder defeat the Golden State, well, what could loosely be called the Golden State Warriors, 114 to 108 in Chesapeake Energy Arena. Madison, it was a very well-played and dominant first half from the Thunder. Uh, they had 18 points in the paint in the first quarter. Um, the ball was just flying around all over the place. Guys, were, it was just a, such a balanced attack. Nobody, I believe Steven Adams scored the he was the first thunder player to score in double digits yeah um in the first half and that was right at about the the 1.5 seconds remaining in in the second (laughs) quarter like he he scored right at the buzzer and the thunder walked into the locker room up 17 so like with that in mind you know nobody scoring more than 10 points that just gives you an idea of how well balanced this offensive attack was and then yes golden state didn't have steph curry obviously no draymond green um no Clay Thompson, of course. They didn't even have Eric Paschal, who had been playing oh, fairly man. well in Draymond Green's absence. But other than D'Angelo Russell and then Alec Burks, former Oklahoma City Thunder Alec Burks, who was thrust into the lineup, other than D'Angelo Russell and Burks, there was just really no scoring options out there. Great first half for the Thunder, and then the third quarter happened. It was another bad third quarter. But before Madison starts talking, Unless, you, in case you didn't get to watch the game, the Thunder did win, but terrible third quarter, Madison. No, really bad third quarter, and this is becoming a trend with this team, which is kind of annoying because you don't want something that is consistently so bad for one team to keep occurring because that means they're not able to fight this trend. And right now, I think Oklahoma City is having a really bad case of coming out of the locker room and losing all that fire they had in the first half. And so. That's been a big thing for Oklahoma City right now that I think they're going to have to overcome. Yes, it's still a little bit early in the season, but we're getting to that point where we can't really say that anymore. And so I think they're going to have to overcome these third-quarter woes because kind of like what Brady was saying, uh, D'Angelo Russell, that is exactly when he caught fires coming out of halftime. So it's always been a case of Oklahoma City going cold after halftime and at least one or two players from the opposing team catching fire. And D'Angelo Russell did exactly that coming out. I think he – what did he have, like – 16, 17 points and one in the third. Yeah, D'Angelo, D'Angelo entered the third quarter with, I believe, 13 points. Yeah. He finished the third quarter with 30 points. Like he scored 17. He scored 17 in the third. He was 10 of. 17. Yeah, he was 10 of 13 from the floor, including three for three, and he hit a three, like a deep three pointer at the buzzer, which surprised, like, surprisingly, last night which I think it's still – no, it's actually tomorrow. It's Sunday. The Thunder are playing the Bucks today. Um, but Friday night, Golden State played Minnesota on the road. D'Angelo Russell actually hit 
a buzzer beater in the third quarter from really? deep. Yeah. Oh, so, I didn't see that. So the same thing happened. Um, but like I said, the Thunder ended up winning this game. They did the biggest difference tonight between what we've seen over these Thunder losses where Dame would get hot, Donovan Mitchell would get hot, Marcus Aldridge, a walking inferno from the tip. The Thunder have been a- unable to match an opponent getting hot or stop an opponent from being hot. Tonight they did that. Fourth quarter, Billy Donovan elected to uh, send Schroeder and Mike Muscala into the fourth quarter to be defensive stoppers and trap D'Angelo Russell, and it worked out fairly well because I believe Russell only took two or three attempts in the third in the fourth quarter. He made one of them. So you take away that scoring match from, from uh, Golden State, and then it just becomes kind of a back-and-forth affair where the Thunder were, were able to uh, hit free throws late. Uh, Chris Paul hit some uh, big free throws late. Mike Muscala hit some... Surprisingly, Mike Finally! Muscala. He did it. it Muskie hit a three. Yeah, Muskie got hot in the uh, fourth quarter, hit two big threes in the first three or four minutes to help the Thunder regain the lead and then stay yes. ahead. But um, from that respect, you know, a problem that has haunted the Thunder early in this season, they were at least able to say, okay, we stopped somebody from be- getting hot and then continuing that and sustaining it and beating us. We are, yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I was really excited to see Mike Muscala get pretty hot tonight just because I've had a lot of faith in him this whole time, and I don't think a lot of people have. Um, I, I don't know. He was just He's kind of a player that I have some faith in because I think he's going to do good things. I really like the way he plays defense. I think that he has a lot of potential because when he does uh, hit what he wants to get, then he's lethal with it. I really do think he is. And then Dennis Schroeder, obviously, they have that chemistry, so that was really good. Um, overall, I think... This was just a really good shooting night for the Thunder, Brady. Like, this was something that I noticed right off the bat. I thought they shot really well, especially guys like Danilo. Even guys like Steven, he finally found a shot. I think he only ended with, like, 13 points, and 10 of those obviously were in the first half. But still, I really do like the way that Steven has developed. Now he's kind of coming along. Um, Obviously, Danilo Gallinari is my Thunder star of the season so far because he's just been fantastic. Um, Chris Paul, he finished with 16 points tonight. He was someone who did really well and just – I don't know. I think especially in the first half because that goes back to what Billy Donovan was saying. If you're going to start off hot, you're going to start off fast. And that's what they did. They started off fast. That's how they were able to gain a 23-point lead. Uh, uh, Just like at one point in the first half, I don't know exactly when. But, yeah, it was just – it was reassuring, I thought, because they were able to get what they wanted on offense. They did a good job doing that. Um, It needs to carry over into the second half. And if they can pull up – like, if they can pull together those strings, I think everything will start to fall in place for them as they continue on. Yeah, I mean, no no question. Gallinari is just – it's amazing how good he is in the half court. He's so good. Yeah, and it's amazing when the Thunder find him and he's open relatively, it's a bucket. I mean, I was sitting next to Eric Horn tonight from The Athletic, and we were just joking the whole time. We were just joking the whole time that um, – as I received my uh, water <laughs> – that – Hopefully, Gallinari was just literally a bucket for Halloween the other day. Yes. Because it would have made so much sense. He is he is so money he's in so the half court good. when he's open. It's just a guaranteed bucket. And it's weird because I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that Gallinari is of the caliber of a Kevin Durant or of the caliber of a Kawhi Leonard. But when those guys are when those guys are randomly wide open because the defense just for whatever reason just – lose Kawhi Leonard or or loses Kevin Durant. If they're wide open, that is a surefire bucket. Gallinari has been that this entire season. 
The problem for the Thunder has been that they've not, they've probably not given him the ball as much as they probably should have. And like we've said a handful of times on this podcast, that that's going to come when you have new guys and guys that haven't played with each other. Now on the previous pod, I said we're getting to the part of the season where that no longer becomes a valid excuse. And I don't even want to say that the Thunder didn't find Gallinari enough tonight because I think he only I think he was six of eleven from the field, eleven field goal attempts. Yeah. But if you look at the box score, five Thunder five or six Thunder players finished in double digits. Nobody scored more than nineteen points. Gallinari led the led the way with nineteen points, and then everybody else except for New Orleans Noel scored eight or nine points. So the entire Thunder roster that played tonight pretty much scored in double figures. It was such a well-balanced attack, and sometimes when that happens, you know, obviously you want to be balanced, but it does take away from opportunities for certain guys like a Danilo Gallinari, like a Shea Gildas-Alexander who kind of had an average offensive game tonight. Yeah. It takes away those opportunities for them to get really hot and get into rhythm and take control of the game. The Thunder didn't necessarily need need that tonight because Golden State was shorthanded so, ba- so much, and they're kind of a bad team. Yeah. What they needed was defense. The third quarter happened, and they needed it even more. They were able to reach down into their trap bag and get it. But, uh, you know, talking to Billy Dolphin in the postgame, he was not at all enthused with this third quarter. And I believe his exact quote was, we need to be better coming out of the locker room and understanding that the opponent is going to come out with a thrust of desperation and we need to at least match that and we haven't matched that yet and that's on me yeah no I mean I completely agree because we've seen that every single time we've been to a game this season I know that hasn't been a ton but we've seen it every single time the Thunder they come out of the locker room and they're very unable to match the enthusiasm and the energy that comes from the opposing locker room because especially if OKC goes to the locker room uh, way ahead like they did, like they did tonight. That was fantastic for them, but they came out and I don't think they had the same fire they had in the first half because it showed obviously Golden State they they knew what they wanted. They knew what they had to do to get back in this game in the third quarter and they made those serious adjustments in the locker room at halftime and I don't think Oklahoma City did because I'm not saying that's a Billy thing. I really think that's like a player thing individually. I think every single guy uh, on the Thunder roster has to have that mentality hey, we got to match that. We have to go back out because they're going to come out, like Brady said, with an act of desperation because they want to get back in this game. They want to win this game just as much as we do. And so that's going to be a big thing for Oklahoma City going forward when they face bigger teams, especially tomorrow. They're going to face the Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow. And so having guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, come to – Good job, Madison. I know. I'm still working (laughs) on it. Uh, That's really hard for me to say. In case anyone's new to this and they don't know the story behind that, I'm really not good at saying Giannis Antetokounmpo. (laughs) Was that? That was okay. That was perfect. And Tenacupo. Okay. Good job. I'm really good. I practice like in the mirror by myself. But <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, they're going to have a really big test in that tomorrow too because I think that they can build not like a comfortable lead against the Bucks tomorrow, but I do think that they can at least have somewhat of an advantage if they keep playing like they have been, especially if they keep finding the shots like they have been. But they're going to have to match it all 48 minutes instead of kind of – lay off of it at sometimes and then pick it back up. You don't want an act of desperation right to the final buzzer. You want to at least be able to not coast through the game, but you want to still be working hard. You want to know what you're doing and you want to get through that game and get the dub at the end. And so Oklahoma City is really going to have to at least make those adjustments to match the energy all throughout the game instead of kind of having their ups, then having their downs, then coming back up. 
it has to be just like a solid performance all like all game and so that's going to be their biggest challenge yeah and you know a lot of these examples come from perimeter players i mean it's 2019 in the nba everybody's best player is typically outside of san antonio with lamarcus aldridge everybody's best player is typically a wing right so the responsibility falls on terrence ferguson the majority of the time when you're talking about the thunder all right your job is to make sure that this doesn't happen the problem with tonight was Terrence entered the third quarter with three fouls. He then picked up his fourth foul about, oh, seven or eight minute mark of the uh, third quarter and wasn't able to go the rest of the way. So you got Dennis Schroeder and Hamadou Diallo trying to guard D'Angelo Russell, who up until the third quarter, like we said, um, was held relatively in check. And actually, Alec Burks going into the third was kind of the guy that I was kind of questioning, like, how come he's not shooting more? Because he was four of six yeah. and looked relatively comfortable out there when he was uh, asked to shoot. Yeah. And I was like, why isn't he shooting more? But then you got Schroeder, who's overachieved defensively early on this year. And Hamadou Diallo was kind of in that same boat. But when they when you ask them to guard an all-star like D'Angelo Russell or multiple all-stars you know, throughout your entire year, at some point their deficiencies were going to show, and it showed tonight. So, like, it, it's a team collapse. Like, Terrence Ferguson, you, you can't be in foul trouble in a game like this where you are, yes, you're, you're controlling it, you're up 17 going into the locker room, but that can go away so quickly when you're playing an opponent that does have an all-star, that can hit shots like that, that can make difficult shots. So, just don't be in foul trouble, Terrence Ferguson. And then backups, don't, like, stop the bleeding. Stop, do something, whether... Whether it's stopping them outright defensively or scoring, Dennis Schroeder is a capable scorer. Um, Hamadou Diallo has shown to be a capable scorer when he's able to move off the ball on offense. Chris Paul, we all know how good he is. SGA, like we said, had kind of an average game. And what did he what did he finish with? He finished with twelve points, going 12. six of fifteen, but he was zero of three from the three point line. Yeah, he just wasn't aggressive tonight, which was which was shocking to me because the paint was open for business the entire yeah. first half, which that screams SGA just come on. <laughs> Come on in. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't, like, disappointed in SGA tonight, but I kind of was – I was just curious. Probably, like, every other Thunder fan in that arena, just where is SGA? He didn't really show up uh, tonight on the offensive end. But you know what? It's okay because, like I said, he did finish with 12 points. He did contribute to it. The Thunder obviously got the win, so it's not the end of the world, but it could have been so much better, especially uh, there in that third quarter, if Shade really did show up. So it's just kind of – like, it's going to be a matter of if guys can consistently show up throughout the season. You don't want to have guys who are supposedly uh, the future face, like, the best player out there. Right now, I don't know if the Thunder exactly has, like, oh, this guy's the best player out there right now. But especially with guys like Shea, when there's a lot riding on uh, just his image and what he brings to the team, what he brings to Oklahoma City, you don't want to have a game, especially against Golden State, that he just doesn't show up. And so, you know, it's okay because this did end up going pretty well for them. But especially tomorrow, you really want to make sure that Shea does catch fire, that he has those opportunities. But it's not really about the other guys setting him up. It's about him utilizing the opportunities that are presented to him. And I don't know if, like, it just wasn't him taking advantage of that kind of stuff. Maybe they did really put a lot of pressure on him. I think someone asked him in the scrum tonight, you know, how have you been able to deal with guys really pressuring uh, you in the paint and they're really like packing the paint for you and he's like no you know like I get my shot up when I can I do what I can I see what I see and I do what I do 
And so I really like that answer from him. So if he's going to have that mentality, I hope it does carry over because he's really going to have a big challenge tomorrow against the Bucks. So I hope he can hold up to that. Um, other than that, you know, I, I've been impressed with Shea this entire season. I don't think this one game is really going to change my opinion of him. Um, but, yeah, I think he's a good player. I think he just needs to show up a little bit more tonight. Yeah, I mean, if Shea had just had a regular game that he's had all year, I mean, the Thunder – I mean, D'Angelo Russell could have still had that – third quarter explosion the Thunder probably would have still won going away without the fourth quarter heroics so to speak but um, season high 30 assists from the Thunder on 43 made shots like, like, like we said the ball was humming moving around Billy Donovan really applauded the uh, the team's ability to move the ball and how they're getting more and more comfortable with each other and so at least offensively it's showing like there are positive signs it's just there are things that the Thunder are going to have to continuously clean up and improve upon. And those things are probably going to continue to haunt them because, I mean, obviously, if the Thunder were able to improve upon every little mistake that they make, well, they'd win every single game and they win the NBA championship and that shit ain't going to happen. But um, kind of like the interesting thing that happened tonight, to me at least, Madison, was um, minute 16 left in the fourth quarter and the Thunder are up about, I think, six or seven. Marquise Chris gets called for a foul on Chris Paul. Oh, yeah. Steve Kerr calls a ch- um, challenges the play. He uses his coach's challenge. And um, I talked to Steve Kerr about this after the game. And Steve told me that um, uh, Marquise went up to me and said, I didn't touch him at all. And so Steve was like, all right, I'm going to challenge it. It was a good time. Um, I had enough timeouts left that if I, I lost it, I'd still have some remaining um, but if we keep Chris Paul off the foul line, like we, we put ourselves in position to potentially win this game. So it was a good time to challenge it. So I challenged it. A few minutes later, the officials ruled that Golden State's challenge is successful. And I'm, I'm sitting there going like, oh, wow, this is huge. And then their ne- the next words out of their mouth were, the foul is on Alec Burks, not Marquise Chris. <laughs> so, so, yes. The challenge was successful. Golden State got to keep their timeout, but instead of the foul being called on Marquise Chris, it was just simply transferred over to um, Alec Burks. Chris Paul still shot free throws. Now, in real time, I'm sitting there thinking, Steve Kerr did not just challenge this because he wanted the foul to correctly go to Alec Burks and not Marquise Chris because I, I my first thought was, if that's the case, does Marquise Chris have five fouls and he just doesn't want Marquise to foul out? And he's like, no, he has two. Alec Burks has one. What the hell just happened? And uh, after the game, Steve told me that, um, yeah, if um, even if uh, something isn't specifically or explicitly challenged, if the officials watch the replay and rule that, okay, obviously this player committed the foul, so we have visual evidence, so we're going to just overturn it. But you were right, Steve Kerr, technically. Marquise Chris did not foul him, so you're successful. Yeah. Just just odd. And then Steve Kerr like, had a really good line about how we've opened Pandora's box with the coach's challenge. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's not been a good first few games for this green light nonsense. Yeah, no, probably not. I... Um... I don't necessarily remember that point in the game. That's really funny, though, because it's kind of random. And I you were probably on the floor at the time. Where? You were probably – it was like a minute left, so uh, – Oh, yeah. at the very end of the game? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was probably already back in the room putting my laptop <laughs> down. Um, yeah, no, just like – I don't know. I don't want to say, like, weird things happened tonight, but it was just kind of weird because overall – 
Um, what I thought was really interesting from this game is Billy Donovan said this at the beginning um, during his pregame press conference, and I think it was Royce Young who actually asked him this, and it was all about just like the different the difference in the rivalry between Golden State and Thunder. And yeah, a lot has changed. A lot of moving pieces have taken taken place, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just not it's not the same velocity to this game anymore which is fine but it's it was kind of interesting just because it was different players stepping up and like different different forms of beef happening because you saw D'Angelo Russell obviously I kind of put out this tweet very jokingly and a couple of people were like yeah but it was you know should we add D'Angelo Russell to the list of Thunder Killers this year after he had that phenomenal third quarter but I don't know it's like now it's a lot of the tables have turned, and so D'Angelo Russell had a really big night. Danilo Gallinari had a really big night, and these are guys that made absolutely no noise for this team a couple of years ago. And so it's just kind of funny to see how everything has changed within Thunder Warriors. I thought it was a really good game. Um, just a bunch of, like, weird stuff happened, but I don't know. I, I was kind of excited to see them get a second consecutive win over the Warriors because that probably wouldn't have happened a couple of years ago. So good for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe Royce's angle was um... – Stephen Adams was the only active player tonight that um, played in the 2016 Western Conference Finals. And right right as we were pulling up to the place that we are currently sitting at now. Undisclosed. Undisclosed. Our own bat cave. Um, right as we were pulling up, he put the story up on ESPN. So I'm looking forward to reading because Royce always does a good job. But um, what was I going to say as I keep sipping my water? Um, oh, yes. Yeah. The NBA changes really quickly. Steven Adams is the only active player from the 2016 Western Conference Finals. Weird. And thus, what should have been a good rivalry between the Thunder and the Warriors for the next five to six years if Kevin Durant had simply stayed, you know, that all went out the window. Russell Westbrook is no longer here. People um, keep getting hurt. Yeah, people are hurt. Um, feelings are hurt. My um, feelings are hurt. OU's defense still sucks. You know, so much... <laughs> So much changes, but so much is the same. And, w- and another constant that is currently the same is the franchise kicks all the ass with the Thunder coverage. Yeah, we I'm not going to say anything specifically, but uh, let's just say this, the franchise did a great job today. <laughs> yeah, we did. We had a good time, too. We were present at the game. I thought we did a really good job with our coverage. I really enjoyed this podcast we're doing. And honestly, Brady and I decided to kind of switch it up tonight just because we're always in the studio. We're always kind of talking to you guys like... And I hate country music. Yeah. Oh, Brady said it. (laughs) No, uh, but seriously, we kind of always do the same thing. We did want to switch it up tonight, just be a little bit more fun. It is Saturday night. It's the first night of a back-to-back. Obviously, we're going to have to do like some more work tomorrow so yeah i mean we came to an undisclosed location had some water and uh <laughs> we decided to record a podcast here at the table so this is our okc 82 podcast and that is probably the epitome of how the nba is changing so is the podcast hell yes the thunder win 114 to 108 over the golden state warriors they are four and two at home they are four and five overall in the season they have a chance to get back to 500, but I, I highly doubt that they will. But who knows? The Thunder the Thunder, have surprised me fairly well in these first nine games, so kudos to them. Who knows what happens? Um, sadly, there is no Jeremy Grant here to block. Giannis Ant- Stop! Yeah. I'm sad. N- n- no more nine blocks against Giannis Antetokounmpo in Oklahoma City. That, will, that probably won't happen, but uh, the Thunder do tip off at 6 o'clock Sunday evening, so... Uh, Thunder fans show out. Thunder fans did a really good job tonight. Uh, there was, like I said, there was an OU game. Oh, she was off. So I'm assuming 
that everybody in attendance, and there were maybe about a thousand or two empty seats, but it was a really well attended game, really loud. I'm assuming that everybody here at the at the arena tonight was just the OSU contingent of the Thunder fan Absolutely. base. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so good job, go pokes and all good that. Good job, pokes. Yeah. All that jazz. Anyway, for Miss Madison Morris, this is Brady Trantham signing off from an undisclosed location as we drink more water. Everybody, have a fascinating evening, and we will see you in a few hours for the next episode. And uh, don't forget about Dre.